Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, the trumpets you hear celebrating our beloved New York Mets going back to the playoffs. They play in a wild card series this this weekend because the Braves overtook them, but they're back in the playoffs, baby. Go Mets. How are you doing? Man, it's a, it's a rough week to blow a 10-and-a-half game lead. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> This week in particular, yeah. Most weeks, yes. it, you know, you can pallet it a little bit more, but this one, whew. yeah, yeah, not not great for Mets fans. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So, any Mets fans out there listening to this, um, I, I hope you enjoy watching the games this weekend as they take on the Philly, uh, no, the Cardinals. Cardinals, who are they playing? The Padres. The Padres. Um, yeah, it's late on Thursday, and um, I think it's fair to say, Mike, you and I barely slept all week, so things are going a, great. I've had a terrible week, but. I'm in the um, <laughs> I'm in the new house, uh, in in the basement. I still don't have my desk here. I've had multiple moving issues. Uh, I am basically recording the way that I always do. I have my laptop on another computer chair right in front of me, but it works out fine, Joey. It works out fine. Hopefully, everybody can hear me this time. I'm not like it's not like the ASMR version of me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if you watched uh, John Oliver during the uh, the whole COVID times, but you kind of look like you're in the void that he was recording from. Um, we, right. We've got a bright white background and nothing on it. Maybe yeah. a couple of lights. It's it's my ceiling that you're seeing above me. The uh, laptop's a little lower. It is what it is. There you go. There Here you go. Fair enough. All right, Mike. Should we talk about week six? Yeah, dogs behind you. Which dog? Is yeah, that, that is. Um, Probably the bigger one. I don't know why she's rummaging around in the cage. Um, weird times. Anyways, don't worry about it. We'll keep moving. Just telling the viewers, man. Mike, we got s- <laughs> Mike, we got seven games to preview here. Six of them uh, are ACC on ACC action. So let's start there. Um, let me pull my sheet up again. Here we go. At eight o'clock on the ACC network. The Florida State Seminoles on the road in Raleigh taking on the number 14 NC State Wolfpack. Wolfpack, a three-point favorite at home. Total is 50 and a half. Mike, two teams that both lost last week. NC State returns home. Florida State goes on the road. Does that matter to you? Well, here's the thing, right? Like, I think if you're kind of evaluating the two games separately, and I wasn't on the recap, so I'm going to sneak in some recap-related items in here just to make there sure you I, go. I get my say, Joey. You know, I got to get my say. It's your NC, show, too. I thought <laughs> 50-50. What do you know? NC State, I thought, played pretty well against Clemson, right? I think they kind of got out-talented in the second half. You know, I, I think the offensive line kind of got overwhelmed. I thought 
Clemson's defense really got after NC State's offensive line in the second half. But I thought NC State, for like the totality of that football game, played pretty well, right? Florida mm-hmm. State, I thought, offensively played okay. I thought defensively, they really had some issues against Wake's playmakers. And NC State, as far as like the explosiveness on offense, they don't have as explosive of an offense as Wake Forest. They simply don't. Like, I think on paper coming into the year, we all thought that NC State's offense would be an explosive unit. They really haven't been that way, right? Like, Devin Leary's been Mm -mm. fine, but I don't think he's been as good as everybody anticipated that he would be. I think his receivers have definitely let him down. Like, going into, like, the Clemson game, I thought the receiving receiving core. Yep. um, Outside of Thayer, of course. (laughs) Played played kind of poorly. Right. Um, Thayer played his ass off. Everyone else was messing around out there. Thayer Tom's (laughs) quite good, but everybody else, I thought, really kind of let Devin Leary down. But... When I look at this game, NC State at home, three-point favorite. This this feels like this should be like an ABC game Saturday night. ACC Network, I mean, I mean, we love the ACC, Joey. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I think this deserves a little bit of a bigger production. I think this is a big game this weekend, kind of under the radar a little it bit. It is. Um, NC State, I, th- I think I like NC State at home here. Um, going to Raleigh is a tough place to go play a night game. And I think kind of when looking at the way NC State has been playing, and and not that Florida State's been playing bad. I mean, I think you and I have both been on the Florida State bandwagon in terms of, like, their improvement, their growth, but they're not, like, quite there yet. You know what I mean? Like, I think Mm -hmm. the upside with NC State in 2022 is higher, and I think that when you couple kind of what NC State's able to do defensively in their front seven, especially your linebacking core, when you think about the pressure – that I think they'll be able to put on Florida State's offensive line that has played better this year. Um, I, I just like NC State in this spot a little bit more. I like the way they're playing. Not to say that Florida State can't like kind of springboard and continue to play well the rest of the year, but I think this is going to be kind of their second consecutive loss, two tough opponents in a row. I just think NC State's a better team here, Joey. So mm-hmm. three-point favorite. I'll take NC State to actually win and cover here. I think this game stays inside a touchdown, though. It should be really competitive. Um, you said the over-under was 51, 51 and a half? 50 and a half, yeah. 50 and a half. I mean, no opinion there. I mean, maybe under. Um, I, I could see us being an under game. Defenses maybe play a little bit better. But, yeah, I like NC State. I think if Florida State wants to stay competitive, it, it kind of has to be a an under game considering how their defense played last week. If this thing gets yeah. kind of sideways from an offensive standpoint, can Florida State keep up? Jordan Travis has been good, but like around him, can they, you know, continue to play the way that they have against a good NC State defense? I'm not sure that they can. So, give me NC State here, close game, but I like in the cover. I'm with you, NC State in the under for me. I I am very much nervous about NC State coming off of the the loss to Clemson and just where that team is at emotionally, mentally realizing that that was a game that they had thought about, been prepping for, been dreaming about for months and to, to, to lose. And I think at some point, you know, maybe they felt like they didn't give quite their best effort. And like that all concerns me. I think the thing is, if this game were in Tallahassee, I would probably be picking Florida State. Uh, but the fact I think that they're going to play this in Raleigh and NC State's going to get the support of their home crowd, I think that probably makes a bit of a difference from them energy-wise and just um, – you know, engagement and everything like that. 
And and like you said, I mean, Florida State a little bit, still a little bit flawed. Um, you know, we saw that as they played the best team that they've played all year in Wake Forest. Um, and yes, Wake is better than LSU, that's for sure. Um, they, you know, there were a couple of holes, and and I felt like you know a couple times where they couldn't quite finish in the red zone and that kind of thing. Where um, it, it, there are signs of a developing team, but not a developed team, um, a team that still has some some room to grow. Um, and so I, I I think NC State is more of that developed. Again, it's a very veteran team, like you said, haven't been really explosive a lot on offense, but have found ways to be you know consistent to move the ball and. Uh, stay ahead of the chains, that kind of thing, and and really avoid mistakes. Um, again, I it it really bugged me last week that the only interception that Devin Leary threw was one that went straight through the hands of one of his receivers. I mean, um, I, I think he's done a pretty good job of protecting the ball for most of the season, so I I think he'll do the same thing here. I yeah, give me NC State short line here, only three points. NC State in the under. Um, I don't think this is that high scoring. Um, I, I think the types of games that NC State's going to want to play are going to be lower scoring kind of games. Um, their games right now, three and one to the under so far this season. Uh, three of their four games have gone under the total. Um, so that's a total, a, a trend that we can kind of follow here a little bit. So, yeah, NC State in the under, but I'm not going to lock anything up here, I don't think. Oh, uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Should be a good game, though, and, and definitely one that I, I'm interested in watching. And I, I kind of agree that Florida State being a recently ranked team, only a one-loss team, all that, I mean, it feels like it should be in contention for an ABC game. I realized Instead, I was they get the, yeah, uh, was, the ACC network there. treatment. Yeah, yeah I, you were. I was <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it feels like it's definitely flying under the radar this weekend in terms of games. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hyping up, like, Red River against – you know, with Texas and Oklahoma, two unranked teams. Like, how about we talk about this Florida State-NC State game, which I think will be better quality football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, is uh, are, are Wes and Roddy on this game? They had, the, they had the 8 o'clock game with Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh last week, but I think they're typically in that, like, 4 o'clock time slot on the ACC network. No, I think this is, uh, I think this is Dave O'Brien, Tim Hasselbeck, Kelsey Riggs, mm. I think. Okay. They're not bad. I'll no. take that. No, no, no. Hasselbeck can talk some football. I'm on board with him. Yeah, he definitely can. Definitely can. All right. NC State in the under for the both of us. No locks. We will keep moving, Mike, to the ABC game of the week. The number five Clemson Tigers, a 20-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Chestnut Hill, taking on the Boston College Eagles. This is at 730 on ABC. Total is 48-and-a-half. Mike, this is a game that – I think I remember when we were talking to Kevin Carpenter about you know about the Boston College tell us about your team series back in what May back before you had a kid basically oh yeah um, and looking out at the schedule and seeing this game it's a homecoming game Clemson coming off the NC State game going there it's the Red Bandana game for Boston College which we know like they play with their hair on fire the whole thing and I was like I think Boston College is going to win this game I, I am so excited to watch it. I think they will be so fired up and so ready to go. And then I said happened? it again in the preview. I said it again in the preview with Dan is what happened then. Um, <laughs> it's like, I think they're going to win this game. I, you know, I'm so excited to see how they play. And now they're a three touchdown underdog. And I'm not sure if that's enough for me to take Boston college. Yep. <laughs> like, nope. I'm, I'm on Clemson, buddy. I'm on Clemson. That, I mean, that Boston College offensive line and the Clemson defensive line is such a mismatch, man. Bad matchup. Mm-hmm. Bad matchup. 
Um, the Boston College offensive line has been really, really bad. And I, I thought BC's offensive line, to their credit, last weekend played a lot better than I expected. Like, mm-hmm. a lot better than I expected. Um, by the way, Satterfield's toast. Joey, I know. I know you touched on that in the in the recap Saturday, and I just want to put my two cents in real quick. That was a really, really bad loss for Scott mm-hmm. Satterfield. Um, you can't lose to this this Boston College team, like, yeah, no, you can't do giving that. up thirty four points. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you come on now. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I like Clemson here. BC is up front, and, and that's the story of the game, in my opinion. Like. Boston College's offensive line against Clemson's defensive line is a gigantic mismatch. And when I was looking at this mm-hmm. spread, I was like, man, 20 and a half, you know, is that too low? And I think it is. Like, I think Clemson could win this game by like 24 to 28 points. And a lot of that has to do with their defense and kind of the mismatch with the offensive line of Boston College. But a lot of it, too, has to do with the fact that like Boston College's defense hasn't been great this year they've been like okay relative to how poorly their offense has played but they haven't been great and I think Clemson's finding their stride a little bit offensively you mentioned mm-hmm. this on the recap as well with kind of how DJU's been playing and kind of how they've kind of found their found their identity with like a power running game with him at quarterback and it's really opening up the passing game they've certainly been better around him this year than they were a year ago and I think he's definitely improved as well and I think expectations wise just having dj kind of be maybe like in the taj boyd mold versus like the trevor lawrence uh deshaun watson mold i think we kind of evaluate him through that prism you know he's still a very good player like i'm not sure that you know you and i were talking kate klubnick with cam you know doing the week one recap i think we're i think that ship has sailed for a little while joey i think we're probably gonna Mm -hmm. see dju for the foreseeable future I think that offense is continuing to improve, and I think they take another step forward this week against a pretty mediocre Boston College defense. So I like Clemson to win. I like Clemson to cover, and 48-and-a-half, I'm going to go over only because I think Clemson Hmm. is going to score 35 to 38 points in this game. Do I think Boston College can score like 10 to 14? If they can, I I think the over will get there, right? Um you know, if, if it's like 38 to 10, that would be a half point under, right? So maybe think 38 14. Mm-hmm. This game goes over. And I think 38 to 14 is a score I could see them getting to. Maybe a couple garbage time scores. Who knows? So yeah. give, me, give me Clemson and actually the over in this game, Joey. Yeah. I, um, I, there's definitely a piece of me that I like the under here. And the reason that I like the under is, again, this is a really bad matchup for Boston College's offensive flaws, basically. Um, and and I, I do think Clemson's going to be able to move the ball. The reason I like the under is this is a spot, especially I think with being the red bandana game and realizing you know, you're know you honoring the life and, and legacy of Wells Crowther, who, who saved, what was it, you know, like 15, 17, 20 lives in the September 11th attacks, like all that kind of thing. I don't think Dabo's going to try to run it up here. I don't think there's a need for that. I think they could easily, you know, get to like 31 points and just coast. You know, 31, maybe 38 points, something like that. But I, I don't think Clemson scores 40 here. I think they will let off the gas before they get there. 
And then it's a question of can Boston College score more than like 10 points here? And I mean, I, I think you, you show a little bit of mercy with what you do with your offense. I don't know that you do that with your defense. As I was going to say, well, <laughs> you're kind of coming to the same conclusion I am. We're like, I'm not sure Clemson scores 40. Can Boston College get to 14? Because I don't think so, man. If if they can, this goes over. Like I think yeah. you're going to be right. I mean, I I really think 48 and a half is a good line. I guess is what I'm telling you. And mm-hmm. I think that you know we're going to be within five to seven points of the total. So yeah, either direction, one way or the other. Yeah. So I don't think this is like way over, way under, lock it either way. So I think mm-hmm. that's that's kind of going to be the swing. Can BC's offense score twice? like two touchdowns sure. and the answer is yeah. pro- the answer is probably no but if they can i think it goes over yeah well and, and that's what i was going to say i think clemson wins this probably like 31 to 10 something like that which would be a half point cover i mean it's like 20 and a half becomes a lot when when you only score in the 30s you know yeah. um so i i'll take clemson i'll take the under i I started this preview thinking I was pretty gung-ho going to lock up the under, but you make a good point that all it takes is Boston College scoring like two touchdowns, and uh, that probably busts. Which so I'll just leave this alone. And I understand that's a lot. lock standpoint. Well, and I understand it's a lot to ask of Boston College for them to score two touchdowns against Clemson, but they scored against Louisville. Not that Louisville and Clemson are the same defense, but they, I mean, mm-hmm. they showed some signs of life offensively last week. Again, though, I, I think this is a really bad matchup this week. Different defense, different set of circumstances. I just... They are at home, so maybe they conjure up a little bit of magic and get in the end zone a couple times. But, yeah, I'm thinking, like, 38-14. I was going to say, a couple of, like, broken plays to Zay Flowers or something is, like, all, all they would really need. Right. Um, and, and Flowers is a guy, by the way, who Clemson is probably going to have to, like, double cover on defense because oh, – He was sick last as good as, as As good as you think Clemson's defense is or whatever, I mean – Zay Flowers is gonna be playing on Sundays, right? Like right. he he He's is he can go with with these guys. Yeah, <laughs> no, he can he can absolutely go. He could he'd be playing significant snaps on Clemson's offense. I mean, he can he mm-hmm. can fly. He he'd be. I mean, they, they've had some guys who have stepped up this year in the receiver room, but I think Zay Flowers would be probably option one or one A in Clemson's offense right now. So he's mm-hmm. electric, flat out electric. Is is there a chance? Mike, on a scale from 0% to 100%, that this game goes a little sideways for Clemson and it's like a one-score game in the fourth quarter. What's your percentage chance of that happening? 15%. I mean, this is a... I mean, I think any other time, Joey, like a Boston College team that was kind of like the team we expected them to be coming into the year, maybe like on paper 7-8 win range where, like, Clemson's clearly the better team. Maybe they're, like, a two-score favorite instead of a three-score favorite. We're like, okay, what are you doing, Clemson? Like, you're clearly the better team, Mm -hmm. but not this version of Boston College. I can't see that happening. Yeah. I can't see it. That's fair. I I do wonder a little bit, too, about Clemson. I mean, kind of a double body blow thing. You know, the last two weeks, you you went to overtime against Wake Forest, you know, and played that game for a full 60 minutes plus – then you go home, you you get a, a physical 60-minute game against NC State, and now to go on the road to, to Boston College and go into that hornet's nest, that, that that crowd will be fired up for this game for all sorts of reasons. Um, so it, it, I don't think it would be the most shocking thing of the weekend 
if it's no. like twenty to fourteen, Clemson at some point in the fourth quarter. Like I think that's on the table. I could see. I mean, I could definitely see it. Like it would not be the first you time. Get like a pick six happened. for Boston College or something like that. Right. Right. Like, <clears throat> I it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen that happen to Clemson. So mm-hmm. no, definitely would not be. I would not be shocked to see it. I'd be a little surprised, though, I think, given the state of the two teams right now. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. All right. Clemson for both of us. Under for me. Over for you, Mike. Let's keep moving. Four o'clock on ESPN2. The North Carolina Tar Heels on the road in Coral Gables taking on the Miami Hurricanes. I've never figured out what the proper town is. It's not Miami. It's not South Beach. It's not It's not actually Coral Gables. I think it's like Miami Gardens Miami is where Gardens. the stadium is. That's right. Hard Rock Stadium. But the campus is in Coral Gables. Must suck yep. to not have an on-campus stadium. I wouldn't know what that's like. It's uh, not, a real, not a real college football school. That's what I'll say about that. <laughs> North Carolina is a three-and-a-half-point underdog against Miami in this game. Total is 66. Mike, why is Miami favored here? Does someone know something that I don't? I mean, Carolina's defense hasn't been very good. And at the same time, like, Miami just got housed by Middle Tennessee State two weeks ago. And, man, they're just not, like, Miami's not very good, are they? I mean, what's Miami doing on offense? I, I I think we've heard that Tyler Van Dyke is still the starter, but why? Like, Jake Garcia looked quite a bit better when he came in towards the end of that Middle Tennessee State game. I I don't know what's going on down there in South Beach. Coral Gables, Miami Gardens right now. I misfired on my, uh, <laughs> on my Tyler Van Dyke is, like, really freaking good take. I think I misfired on that. I think that might have been a little premature. I don't. I, I'm still not totally convinced that this is a Tyler Van Dyke issue. As much as it is, maybe like he, you know, he, the receiver configuration. He doesn't have a guy over the top like Bakari Rambo. Not Bakari Rambo. Charles Charleston Rambo. Dude, you can just like sit here and listen to this and see the the sleep deprivation. Like brains are like short short circuiting here a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh, he doesn't have a Rambo. He he lost Restrepo. It was kind of his his security blanket earlier this yeah, year to a injury. Big, that's a big loss. And schematically, just what they're doing on offense is different than what they were doing under Rhett Lashley last year. Like, I don't know how much all of this is totally Tyler Van Dyke's fault, you know, or a sign of his regression as much as just, I don't know if this is just a fit for him as much as what they had before. Is Van Dyke on this roster next year? Probably not. Yeah. No, he's transferring. Yeah, I, I think at some point so. they're going to switch to Jake Garcia's quarterback. Yep. No. I Okay. Well, I agree. I was hoping we would disagree <laughs> there, but I don't know why I thought we would. I mean... Then again, last year, the first couple games, I felt like Van Dyke didn't look good, but then by the end of the season, it was like, oh, this guy's special. Yeah. Um, he had it figured out, so maybe as the season goes on. but Probably not, though. Yeah, probably not. Does my, uh, Give me North Carolina. Does, well, okay. Does Miami want to get this game into a shootout? They definitely don't, right? I don't think so. I mean, if so, if I, if I'm trying to rank the things in this game, offense, defense, North Carolina, Miami, like the best thing in this game is North Carolina's offense. Yes. Is this is is the second best thing Miami's defense? I mean, that gave up like 69 points to Middle Tennessee State. Yes, I think I I think so. I mean, would you rather have hmm. Miami's defense or Miami's offense right now? 
I guess the defense. I mean, who's playing quarterback? Is that the question? Yeah, but also, probably. But also, like, are we are we kind of are we putting too much stock into Jake Garcia's performance down multiple scores against Middle Tennessee State's defense? I think Mario Cristobal said he's still the backup. Like, I don't know. At least I could say Miami <laughs> Miami's defense held Texas A and M to seventeen points. On the other hand, you could also say they gave up 17 points to Texas A&M's offense. I was going to say, I think Texas A&M's <laughs> offense, Texas A&M's offense held Texas A&M to 17 points. <laughs> like, yeah, Jimbo Fisher held them to 17 points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jimbo's going to be in some hot water because Max Johnson just broke his hand. So they're mm-hmm. they're back to uh, Haynes King, a quarterback, which didn't go well the first couple the Stone games. Stone Age. Well, he <laughs> he came back in last week through like two or three interceptions off the bench mm-hmm. so that's that's gonna go swell for them against alabama uh yeah man i don't know um give me carolina i can't figure it out why they're not favored it feels clear like again if there's there's only like one definitively good unit in this game and it's carolina's offense right like that just in and of itself tells me that they're probably the better team i re- i realize completely how garbage north carolina's defense has been like they they can barely stop anything, but they can stop Virginia Tech. It's not like, yeah. Well, and it's not like Miami's offense has really like hit its stride. So, um, I don't know what to make. Yeah, of, I don't know what to make of this game. I'm just very confused by this line, and this is this is one of the ones where I feel like an amateur would would just go head first and just dive in on Carolina to to cover maybe money line like all that stuff. But th- it's almost like it's a thing where like Vegas knows something. It's just a spooky line. Yeah, that's why I'm probably not going to bet it. Um, probably going to mm-hmm. stay off this one. But I am going to uh, workshop my take of Drake May is better than Sam Howell. Oh, I don't think that takes all that much work workshopping at this point. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, well, I'm there. I think uh, I think he's much better than Sam Howell. Sustained. He's 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 a better fit as a freshman. Not that Sam Howell had a phenomenal freshman year, by the way. He played during a COVID year, so like, got to take that into account. But like. Drake May looks better as a freshman than Sam Howell did last year as a junior. Yeah, I think that's fair. His offense looks much better, and a big reason why is their quarterback plays better. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, give me give me Drake May in Carolina here. Yep, I agree. I'll take I'll take over sixty six. I just I realize that Carolina over under has been kind of fifty fifty so far this year, but like. I'll just take those overs. I mean, just Carolina. Just take the overs, and like, are we really gonna bet the under, considering what we've seen at Carolina's defense and what we just watched two weeks ago with Miami's defense? We're really gonna take. Yeah, the if you're this betting game? this, it's over or nothing. It's absolutely <laughs> over or nothing. I may, ha- I may have some interest in the over. I may have some mm-hmm. interest in the over. So we'll see. I'm not gonna lock anything up here, though. I I think I'm in agreement. I, All right, I got Carolina my, and the. Over. I got my eye on something here. Uh oh. All right. Uh, all right, Carolina and the over for the both of us. We will keep moving. Four o'clock on ESPN three. There's two ESPN three games. I, I don't know if this is the Jefferson Pilot game or not. Um, I probably should know that, but you know, whatever. Lining Swafford's pockets. Yeah, God, gross. Keeps the Duke getting. Blue Devils. <laughs> the Duke Blue Devils are a three and a half point favorite on the road in Atlanta, taking on my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets and their undefeated head coach Brent Key. Total is 54 and a half, Mike. Um, is this where you're interested in locking something up? Yeah, valiant effort by your Yellow Jackets last weekend. want to congratulate Brett Key. 
want to congratulate uh, Georgia Tech for getting it together. Um, you know, Brent Key, like I mentioned, sneaky head coach candidate. I mentioned that. Just keep an eye on mm-hmm. that. So congratulations to them. Uh, that was kind of a one-hit wonder, Joey, I think. Uh, not that they can't win again this season. That they, Virginia Tech's still on their schedule. I think they could definitely win again. <laughs> <laughs> but, Joey. They play in the Coastal Division, man. Like <laughs> Joey. Which game is not winnable? But, Joey. I mean, this game is still winnable mm-hmm. this weekend, by the way. But, Joey, buddy, Duke Blue Devils, minus three and a half. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Duke's good. Breaking my heart here, I mean, Mike. Duke's a wagon. They are. They're, they're good, man. They've been good. They've been good. I mean, they're, their loss to Kansas is aging pretty well. So, as we expected it to, Kansas is hosting game day this weekend. So, mm-hmm. Kansas is uh, becoming somewhat of an internet sensation where I think they're like, they're probably like good enough to be a top 25 team, but they're probably not like top 10 in the country good like everybody in the media wants them to be. So, mm-hmm. that'll be fun when that comes crashing back down to earth. But, uh, yeah, man, give me give me Duke. I think Duke's had a good uh, a good team here under Mike Elko. I think they've been really tough physically. He mentioned that uh, last weekend, post game on the field, just you know how proud he was of his team and the fact they're instilling like a hard nosed nature and a real toughness to them um, at, at the line of scrimmage. Which I think, given Mike Elko's history as a position coach and a coordinator, you would expect them to be very good in the trenches, and they've. The talent's not quite there, but they've been really competitive up front on both sides of the football. I think that continues this weekend. I think the tougher team wins here, Joey. I think that Duke's been tougher. Um, Georgia Tech, I think, played tougher last week under Brent Key. I think that's obviously a positive, but Duke's Duke's the tougher, better, well-coached team. So give me, give me the Blue Devils here. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Duke has been good. Good. Like really good. Yeah, they've been good. And man. and I mean they're three and one against the spread this year. Um, I you know, it's just like if if I ask like who's the best coach team in the coastal division right now, I think it's Duke. I think it's Duke. Yeah, without who's better coach than they are. Without much hesitation, I mean you're not picking Narduzzi based off of last weekend's performance. So Mm-mm. who are you picking? I mean not Mario Cristobal quarterback regression. Uh, Virginia Tech and UVA have been very bad. I think it's Duke. Yeah. I'm going to look at this up, too, cause it, and I don't have this in front of me, but um, as far as, like, turnover margin, they're plus eight in turnovers. They've only turned it over twice so far in four, five games, really. Um, yeah, they, they had an interception against Northwestern and one against NCANT. Otherwise, against Temple, Kansas, and Virginia, they have not turned the ball over. They have been plus five in those games, and they were plus three in the other two where they did turn it over. So um, that's a team that is going to take care of the ball. They are not going to make mistakes. They're not going to beat themselves. Um, I, I mentioned you know, going into last week's game that Georgia Tech has always had problems with Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's a physical team. They're going to you know, mash you on the line of scrimmage, and I think Georgia Tech just had a way of just kind of folding up shop, and just they, they just couldn't handle that level of physicality. And it was like, I think Brent Key would improve that, but I don't think he can do that all in like one week, basically. And I I think what you saw on Saturday was a more physical version of Georgia Tech, but not, you know, 
drastically so. I think it was more maybe just mental, like I want to play for my head coach kind of thing. I, um, you know, Mike, it, it, it breaks my heart that you lock up Duke in this game. But it doesn't break it that bad. Uh, I'm going to do the same thing. Lock up Duke. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock Joey. It up. Oh, sorry. I got to let the audio finish. Okay, so that's my bad. Joey, <laughs> you and I. That's your favorite part is that part at the end. You and I. <laughs> <laughs> Joey. Run. Double entendre. We'll leave that right there. That's fine. I mean, we're on YouTube now, Joey. They can see my face. <laughs> uh, we're going to get demonetized. Damn it. <sighs> Man, how am I going to feed my family? Uh, <laughs> I, I Anyways. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? I totally forgot. It's fine. Broad Duke. <laughs> it's fine. I'll, it'll come back to me. Um, th- this is this number is too short. Like I, I think it's, it's along the same lines of I don't think you can make a team more physical in four days. Right. I don't think you can make a team more, more well-coached in a week and a half. No, definitely um, not. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. You and I have had like double barrel locks, I think three or four straight weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week we went one and one because we both locked up Louisville and they lost outright as a 15 and a half point favorite. That was fun, huh? You know who our other double barrel lock was? Who was our other double barrel lock? It was these Duke Blue Devils, Mike, who covered oh, three by a right. mile that's against right. Virginia. That's right. Yeah. Virginia's bad. Yeah. So we previously had Florida State as a double barrel lock against the spread. They uh, they covered UCF against Georgia Tech covered or no? Did Georgia Tech covered by like four points basically barely? Um, and Clemson against Wake Forest almost covered if they had hit a two point conversion in overtime. And previously we also had a double barrel lock of the under forty four and a half in Texas A and M Miami, which was kind of a, a breeze. And the Ole Miss-Georgia Tech under 64 easily, easily hit. And finally, the Duke-Northwestern under hit. That was a double-barrel lock. So, yeah, so we're doing pretty well in these double barrels, man. Like, if we're saying it, that's a, that's a good little stat to track. Is I think almost most of these are hitting, so uh, for what that's worth. Yeah. I think anything inside of a touchdown, I, I would take Duke. I, I think Duke wins this game. I, I, I'll take the over, 54 and a half. Um, Duke is a little bit sketchy on defense at times, I think. Georgia Tech's offense still not that well coached. Um, they're, they are going to stall out and turn it over and, and have issues. Like I said, Jeff Sims uh, – by the way, I, this is something I didn't mention on the recap, but Jeff Sims in that Pittsburgh game, I, I meant to mention this, through – at least five, if not six passes in that game, many of them in the first half that should have been intercepted. And I mean, like hit pit defenders in both hands, like two or three of them could have been touchdowns for Pitt if, if they had just held on to the ball. And luckily for Jeff Sims and Georgia Tech, they didn't hold on to any of them. Um, so Georgia Tech had no turnovers, probably should have had like three at least. But in any case, yeah, good turnover luck for Georgia Tech. Um, I do think that they'll be able to score some points on Duke, but I, I think over the course of 60 minutes, Duke wins this game by at least 7 to 10 points. So, um, yeah, we'll, I'll lock up Duke. But I do think it gets a little bit pointsy, so give me over 54.5 as well. I'll go like Duke like 35-24, something like that, which goes over. So Duke and the under. All right. 
We lost Mike, but we can keep moving. So Duke, for the both of us, we both had that locked up. Over for me, under for him. Uh, hey, Mike, there you are. I'm back. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, no idea. Uh, you got back just in time to remind the people about Section103.com, the Internet's oh, premier place for buying all sorts of wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. It is high quality. It looks good. It is so comfortable. Um, I have lots of it. It's it, it, We've got shirts in the tech official tech gold, uh, the official watermark, watermarks, word marks. Again, my brain is short-circuiting. Uh, they've got T-shirts, they've got sweatshirts, hoodies. You know, there's a chill in the air, as they say now, Mike. And those sweatshirts and those hoodies are really good for a game day, keeping you cool or keeping you warm on a cool day. <sighs> I'm trying. I'm trying really hard here. Uh, use promo code GoACC for 10% off your first order. Um, and keep an eye on their social media, as I mentioned on the recap. Uh, go follow them at Section 103 on Twitter and on Instagram. Our our deal of 10% off your first order is a, is a really good one. But if you follow them on social media, you might be able to get a much better one. Um, they had one that they ran last weekend, as I mentioned. Georgia Tech beating number 24 Pittsburgh meant that everything in the store was 24% off. So go do that. Uh, make sure you're following them and you're up to date. But if they're not running one of those sales, once again, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order at section103.com. For all sorts of wonderful, high-quality, great-looking Georgia Tech apparel that you can represent the Institute at games on game day or anywhere else in the world. And I highly recommend you do. Me too. Absolutely. Mike, you will be wearing your Section 103 at 3.30 p.m. on ABC on the ACC network as your Virginia Tech Hokies are on the road at the Big Ketchup Bottle RIP, taking on the Pitt Panthers uh, Virginia Tech, a 14.5-point underdog in a game where the total is 41.5. Uh, gross, sick. first of all. And that's sick. Uh, yeah, that's something. That's really something. Yeah. It's almost like somebody, like, short-circuited. Like, I think the implied score here is, like, 28-14. That's a full 60 minutes of college football. We'll get you that many points is the implied score here. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Who is more likely to short circuit in this game, Joey? The Virginia Tech offense or noted Pittsburgh fan and friend of the <laughs> podcast, Kerry Zivkovich? Oh, man. You were uh, – <laughs> I uh, I think it's Virginia Tech's offense, frankly. Okay. But, well, we'll see. Yeah. Have a couple bourbons, see what happens. I don't know if he's still listening. I We haven't got any responses Probably. after he won the Go ACC moment of the week last week, so – I, well, you know, I, it's probably in everybody's best interest if he continued listening. But <laughs> Catch all these double-barrel locks. You, win a, you, you learn a lot. You win a lot. Look, we promised the pit jokes would be funny, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you handled that on your own. And I'm sorry I missed that podcast. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to make sure I got my jab in. There you, you know? go. So... There we go. Hi, uh, Casey. Give me pit. I, was, I wasn't going to narc you out, but Mike is happy to. More than happy to. Uh, <laughs> give me Pitt. We're fading Virginia Tech. I mean, give me Pitt. I, I am 100% on board with the strategy of fading Virginia Tech here. Mm-hmm. My problem is I don't know if I want to lay 14.5 with Pitt right now. Like, mm. that's a lot of points. I don't know what to do with they don't that. Have to, they don't have to score that many, Joey. What, you think like, this is like 21 to 4 or something? 
No, I think it's like 24-7. Hmm. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. That's a cover. That's comfortably under. Virginia Tech under team total. I'd bet mm-hmm. on that if I were you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that number will be right around 14, and I don't think it's going over that. And if you're betting team total unders the rest of the year, or if you're betting anything Virginia Tech related, should I say the rest of the year, just bet team total unders for Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the only path for Virginia Tech to score points right now is, like, their defense to set them up with a short field like they did against Boston College. That's the only mm-hmm. way Virginia Tech's going to score at all. So, and even then, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. Yep. The offense is one of the worst in the Power Five. I mean, they're not going to score a lot of points. If Pittsburgh scores three touchdowns, that's more than enough. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So. In Pitt's offense, I mean, for some of the issues that it's had – Last week was a bit of an anomaly against Georgia Tech. I mean, and, and some of the turnovers were kind of fluky, unlucky. But um, it, it hasn't been terrible. It hasn't, it's been nowhere near as good as it was last year, I'll say for sure. But it hasn't been terrible. So I, I think there's something there. So I, I think I'm with you. I'll, uh, fine. I'll land with Pittsburgh. I don't feel good about it. I kind of want to lock up this under 41 and a half. I'm I'm feeling a little saucy seeing a number like that and just want to go under that because that <laughs> seems like a dare. Should we just do it, Mike? You know what, Joey? Go ahead and do it. All right. <sighs> under 41 and a half. Let's lock that bad boy up. Let's go. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Disgusting. This, this thing is going to be exactly Disgusting. like 28 to 14, and I'm going to lose this by half a point. But it's such a... That's that's such a gross play by you. I can't believe. It. What are we doing? Unders in the forties for your shorties. Shout out to the podcast. For your shorties. That's right. Yeah. If you know, that you know. Disgusting. If you that don't know, you have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, but I but I do as yeah. a fellow uh, podcast listener. That is a disgusting bet you just placed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. That'll that'll be a fun uh, a fun Saturday night sweat or what is it Saturday? Yeah. It, oh, well. 3.30, yeah, Saturday afternoon, so sure. By the <laughs> way, Tech always plays awful at Heinz Field. I'm sorry, Acrisure Stadium, excuse me. Acrisure Memor- Memorial Stadium. I feel like everybody, especially Pitt fans, deserve better than this Acrisure Stadium name. Like, it's Heinz Field, come Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on. Absolutely. And just remember, Casey, we or Carrie or whatever your name is, we are we are we stand with Pitt fans. We are also Pitt fans. We are with you. Hail to Pitt. Hashtag and H2P. I just want to make it clear, Carrie, all I meant by the jokes that I'm making and everything else, the Go ACC moment of the week, which, you know, I told – I'm the one who tweeted that, by the way. I told Joey to talk about that on the solo pod. He did. He followed through. That's why That's why we're 50-50 co-partners in this thing. <laughs> I, I just want to let Carrie know. The only thing I meant by the pit jokes is total disrespect. That's all I meant. Yeah. Total disrespect. Right. So, I mean nothing but disrespect. So, just want to make that clear. Yeah. Disrespectfully, um, we think. Disrespectfully. <laughs> yeah. I drew the line. I, I drew the line when you tweeted at us, go F yourselves. So, that's where <laughs> I drew the line. So. I, I think, you know, if it weren't for the Twitter character limit, he would have included respectfully in there. But. You didn't have room for it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Again, I, I've been called far worse. <laughs> I, 
I've been addressed. I've been addressed far worse, right? Like true, true. But still, Same. I mean, nothing but disrespect. <laughs> Pittsburgh in the under. I'll lock up under forty-one and a half, um, and I will work on getting us out of this ditch here. Uh, noon on the ACC Network. The Louisville Cardinals on the road taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. Louisville is a three-point favorite on the road. Total is fifty and a half. Mike, I'm taking Virginia. I am out on this Louisville team. No, thank you. They haven't covered yet in ACC play. I, I think Satterfield's done. No, thank you. Just I'm 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 out. I don't I don't think Virginia's that good. I think Louisville is just going to screw around and be bad. Under fifty and a half. Lock it up. <laughs> you, better lock it up. you better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Two bad, two two bad defenses, two worse offenses. Yeah, I'm I'm going under here. I don't. UVA can't protect Brennan Armstrong. Louisville, they love to turn the ball over. I just get yeah. This is this is made for a late night under. What what time is this game, Joey? Uh, noon. It's a nooner in Charlottesville. Yeah, late late night late night under. Like I said, late night like two p.m. Yeah, well, under, under. Well, I mean, clearly in Charlottesville, you're not going to see a ton of points, so it's it's all about the Zima to keep you entertained for three hours during That's the game. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Drink up, baby. Drink up. <laughs> have we made Zima jokes on this podcast yet? I don't think we have. They're, they float around <laughs> the internet quite frequently, and I think we should be doing a better job in that department. I I make other jokes about UVA. I haven't made enough of the uh... <laughs> Joey. You know what? We we have some music of me making fun of Virginia, don't we? Is that loaded up? Virginia is awesome. No, that not one? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's one that insinuates cartoon characters. Uh oh oh, you mean you, like you want to talk about the the new coaching staff and kind of how that's all going? Yeah yeah that's that's the one. I um I don't know I. I don't have a sound for that. Um, sometimes it's like it just happens, and I. Well, God, there it is. Oh my God. Oh, Mike, are you doing that? My God, is that Tony Elliott's music? <laughs> like it's Monday Night Raw, and this is what he walks into. <laughs> God. See if like trot out the tunnel. <sighs> Oh man, there's like 15. They're like 15 UVA fans on the hill when they're losing this game to Louisville after we both picked UVA to win. That's more people oh, than I, are still listening I've, to this podcast, by the way. Uh, by the way, I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure I officially picked UVA yet, but give me UVA. I love you. <laughs> but UVA wins. Finally, I mean, I finally picked UVA. Chris Grondon can sleep happily. There you go. Knowing that I picked his Wahoos, friend of the show, actual friend of the show, not not somebody we're actually actively making fun of. We do <laughs> love Chris Grondon, so. Virginia is awesome. There it there is. There you go. Oh, there for you go. this week only. <laughs> for this week only. Uh, yeah. All right. Virginia. Uh, Virginia is, by the way, is like one and three against the spread so far this year. Like it hadn't really gone well. I don't feel good about picking them, but just I, I'm out on Louisville, man. Like they have been a mess. So forget that. Where, where are you at on the total here? Uh, I'll go over. Okay, that's I, fine. I locked up the under. I so feel like picking. Over. I feel like picking unders in Louisville games is a bad idea, and yet, uh, 
unders are three and two in Louisville games so far. So uh, it, whatever. If you're giving up 34 to Boston College, like come on. So I'll just I'll just take the over there and whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, I think this very well might be Scott Satterfield's last game at at Louisville, but we'll see. I mean, I th- I think if he loses to this version of UVA, that would be two really bad losses in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, and he'll be really done. Really bad. Uh, yeah, this is where this is where you fire him. This is where you cut the cord because, I mean, BC had been a shell of themselves, or at least what we thought they were going to be on paper coming to the year. You lose that game, and then now you're gonna have this UVA team on the road that hasn't been any good. They can't protect Brian Armstrong. They have no playmakers for him to throw the ball to. Offensive line's been terrible. Like. Defense has just been okay. This is this would be another really bad loss for Satterfield, considering like what he's putting out there on the field from a talent standpoint. And and keep in mind, this is the last game before the bye week for Louisville, so good time to do it. Good the obvious the trigger. That's a great point. The obvious timing is here, and that's before yeah. you get to the two bad losses in a row potentially. So, yeah. Oh yeah. But all right, uh, UVA and the over for me, and you have locked up the under, Mike. Last game of the weekend that we need to talk about at eight at seven thirty on ESPN three. This is the other Jefferson Pilot uh, candidate, I guess. The number fifteen Wake Forest Steeman Deeks hosting the Army Black Knights, hosting the troops. Wake Forest a sixteen and a half point favorite. Total is sixty five and a half. Mike, this is the game last year that I believe the final score was seventy to fifty six. Oh yeah. Total of 65.5, probably too low. So let's start with the over on that for me. Yes. I was going to say, I will go over as well. I don't know if they get to a full 126 points again this year, but I, I, I mean, I do see these teams kind of being a little bit, you know, pretty explosive against each other. And, um, you know, Wake's offense especially has shown that capacity for being explosive. So 16.5 is a lot of points. Um, I'll just take the points with Army, whatever. I don't, I don't know. The troops are down bad, Joey. They're down bad. They're not very good. They're. I feel like they're not terrible. They've just. They've just run up against some good teams. They're one and three. But uh, let me look here. I mean, they lost to Coastal Carolina by ten. They lost to UTSA by three. The 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 worst loss is probably to Georgia State by seventeen. But that's a know. bad one. Yeah, that's that's not a great loss, but. I don't know. I feel like Army's for for a one and three team. Like Army's a little oh, bit live here. One in three teams. Eh, they're they're worse one and three teams. I mean, Army can still make a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, give me Wake. Give me Wake. I think it's like forty nine twenty eight. Okay, so like a three score win kind of thing. Like a three score win, cruise to the over. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. All right. I'm tempted to lock up the over, but I don't know if I need more than two locks this week. Well, I mean, I think the only way this game goes over is if Army scores quickly. Yeah, and I don't know. defense showed a pulse last week, too, against Florida State, man. That's the thing. Like, they showed a pulse. They did. They did. And, I mean, they played pretty well against Clemson. I I realize what the final score says, but, I mean, realize who you're going up against. No, they they definitely held their own. So, I mean, I think Wake's defense is finding something a little bit here, and obviously the offense is firing on all cylinders. That kind of goes without saying. Yep, yep. All right. 
Over for both of us for sure. Wake for you, Army for me. Mike, that's all I've got on week six. Anything else before we uh, start working on getting out of here? Don't think so. All right. Good to be back. It is good to be back. Good to have you back. Um, I, I, I can't imagine how much people don't like listening to me for an hour. I don't like listening to myself for an hour. So it is nice having someone else here to, to talk to. <laughs> I Look, I mean, they only got one half of the jokes. So. That's right. Well, I, I think your half is the better half, too. So there's that. It's it's the more inappropriate half. For, oh yeah, for certain. <laughs> I mean, there there's some stuff. I mean, and, and look, we we leave in as much as we can, but there's some stuff we have had to cut out mm-hmm. <laughs> that have really made us laugh. But you know, we had to pull the plug on. So we've made it recently, halfway through season like seven, recently. without getting canceled. So we're uh, we're trying to keep that streak going. But there's some stuff that could have gotten me canceled though. <laughs> Might have to uh, reset the counter those, here soon. We'll see. Those. Those tapes are somewhere. You know? <laughs> Those are somewhere to be at. They exist. They exist. I was there. I remember. They absolutely exist. Yeah, that, that raw audio on laptops. That man. And by the way, it was it was today. it was definitely worse than the uh, the bachelor party episode. <laughs> oh, it was. I think it was the worst. Uh, I made a joke <laughs> like two two or three weeks ago that was the worst joke I've made in seven years of doing this podcast. It was bad. Like it was like we have to remove this in post production bad before we Joey, can publish this. Joey Ch- I mean Joey chuckled and then he was like, All right, we we gotta cut this <laughs> actively yelling out like we gotta cut this, we gotta cut this, we gotta cut this. I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, oh my God Ugh <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. All right, let's recap the locks real quick. Uh, we're both on Duke minus three and a half at Georgia Tech. I'm on under 41 and a half in Pitt, Virginia Tech, and you are on under 50 and a half in Louisville, Virginia. And uh, we will see. So once again, we, we need to, I'll, I'll go count up how we've done in double barrel locks and be able to uh, report on that because there's been a number of those and they've gone pretty well for us so far this year. So. If you're looking for one takeaway from a gambling perspective, probably uh, Duke minus three and a half is what you're looking for here. But, oh, yeah. That's that's my favorite bet on the card mm-hmm. here this week. Yep. For sure. For sure. All right, Mike. That's all I have for now. Let's work on getting out of here. Uh, the people can come find us on Twitter this weekend as we watch these games. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SI. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with your questions, your comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. It's, it's really nice not having to say it for myself, too. That's, I feel like that's, that's like the nerdiest thing I do on this podcast, and that's, that's saying something. Yeah. Mike, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, all those good places. Uh, anywhere you go find your podcast, hit the follow, subscribe button, give us a five-star review. We appreciate those. Uh, where else can they find us on social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Like Joey said, give us a rating, a review on Apple. Uh, go check out our YouTube page. Hit subscribe. That's really, really important. We're posting these videos to YouTube now. We're gaining subscribers. We're doing a little bit more on the marketing and I don't know. We're, we're expanding our reach a little bit more here. Mm-hmm. We've been doing really well on the organic growth side of this podcast, Joey, but where we've been sorely lacking is the marketing. Scott, my brother-in-law, has been helping us produce. He's on vacation, so he's not helping us this week or next week. Shout out, but producer he's Scott. Huge. He's been he's been huge in pushing that effort forward. So we appreciate that. Go subscribe on YouTube. Scott's yes. 
handling the video editing and stuff like that, and he's been doing a great job. So hammer the subscribe button, please. We, we are really up helpful. to 43 subscribers on YouTube, which is like 10 more than we had last week. So some of y'all have been doing your homework. The rest of y'all, go do your homework. Go subscribe on YouTube. And it sounds, and it sounds hilarious because you're like, what? you guys only have 43 subs. You've been doing a podcast for seven years. Joey and I had not been on YouTube since season two, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like it had, we had not been on YouTube in damn near five years. And we were just kind of like toying with the idea. And then we just said, forget about it. It's too much work. And yeah. so we didn't. Yep. So now we're like actually on you. This is the first time in our podcast existence that we've been really on, like actually on YouTube. So here we are in all our glory. And by the way, um, the stuff that we've talked about with doing some kind of interactive like Saturday night stuff after games like this is uh, this is a really good way that we'll be able to do that. So if you're interested yep. in that, make sure you're subscribing and uh, joining us on YouTube there. Absolutely. It'll give us more incentive to do so the more subscribers we have. I mm-hmm. think you all know what we mean. Yes, absolutely. Monetarily, it would be worth Joey and I's time. Right, right. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Yep. Mike, I think that's all I got. Did I forget anything? We good? We're good. Good to be back. Yeah. Well, enjoy the games. Enjoy the new house. Congrats. Good luck. Thanks, man. We will talk. A lot of moving. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of moving. We will talk sometime this weekend to uh, to recap these games. Absolutely, we will. Everybody keep it tuned here. We'll, we'll see you then. All right. Until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.